Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tom Morello is here. Hey, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good. What's going on? <laughs> I, I have to tell you, this is a tremendous honor. This is a conversation I've wanted to have since I was about 13 years old. So thank you very much for making the time. Well, live the dream. Here we are. <laughs> it's already awesome. Um, so if you had to, if you had to pick one moment, if you had to pick maybe a record or maybe a performance or something you saw on TV or a song that made you go, oh, oh, this is it. Music is it. I must do music with my life what yeah. would that have been well there's there's a number of them but there was there was a real revelatory moment when i was a i was a big fan of hard rock you know bands like led zeppelin and kiss and you know sabbath and acdc um but i always followed that music like they were people that seemed like they were so much different than me. They had castles on Scottish lakes, and they had $10,000 Gibson guitars and limousines filled with groupies, and I just had a basement in Illinois. Uh-huh. That's really all I had. Um, so it was when I got the Sex Pistols record that right. all that changed, and I thought, oh, these people, and like, I literally joined a band. I formed a band the, within 24 hours of listening to the Sex Pistols. No kidding. And, I didn't. I didn't know how to play a single chord on the guitar, but I went into the Libertyville Public High School Drama Club and said, "A punk rock band is forming. If you're in it, raise your hand now." That that's how you form your first band. That was the beginning of my music career. You, you formed your first band with a show of hands. It was a show of hands. That's correct. That's correct. That's, correct. <laughs> that, that's that's absolutely amazing. So, and you know what? You know which one of those hands was? I don't know if you're familiar with the history. It was Adam Jones from Tool. I do, and the band, if I'm not much mistaken, was Electric Sheep. The Electric Sheep, yeah. He actually wasn't in the first incarnation, but he was shortly thereafter. But anyway, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I I do know that, and and many many stories about you and everything that you've done. I got to tell you, today when I'm when I'm pressed, the, I I would still have to say the best show that I've ever seen. I grew up in London, and mm-hmm. my friend Greg called me up and said, "There's this band. I saw him open up for Suicidal Tendencies." We're going. You have to go. You, you and I never heard a note of yep, the yep. music, but University of London Student Union in yep, London. I remember it. Yulu. I remember it. Yulu. And all right. And and you opened up. I'm not sure, but I think you might have opened up with something that wasn't on the record. And that's possible. And I, like I remember hearing the first note of your guitar, and I've never had a more visceral response to anything in my life. I lost my ever loving mind. <laughs> Well, I remember that too. I have like kind of Rain Man like total gig recall, mm-hmm. and I remember the Yulu show. I remember that. I don't remember what we opened up with. I I normally can get that, but I don't remember. Um, sure. I will remember by the time this interview's done, and we'll agree okay. upon it together. Cool. cool. And then there was another moment not long after that where I saw you guys play the anti Nazi League rally at Brixton yes. Academy in London, yes. and I'll never yes. forget that I'm standing out we- on the street afterwards. And I'm a kid. It's not like there's pressures in the world to do much with my life at the at the moment. I'm still in school. And I just remember almost in tears on the corner going, I have to do something more with my life and I have to do it now. And it, it was because of you and your music. 
you have to hear stories like that a lot. I, I do hear stories like that a lot, and it is very encouraging. You know, and that's the, 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 the lesson in that is not, not that, oh, you saw a great band and they changed your life. The lesson in that is when you put your convictions into your vocation, whatever it is, whether you're a disc jockey or whether you're a journalist or whether you're a carpenter or whatever, that, that the example of you doing that resonates and other people see it and then it affects them and it inspires them. So that's, that is of the, the lesson of that. And it goes beyond seeing a band that, you know, impressed you. It's like, we meant every note of it and we just didn't, we just said, this is what we care about. This is what we're feeling. And that, the, the honestness of that resonates and, you know, other people feel it because that's because in the arts and in every people are that's not why people do things for the most part they do things that you know they schmooze or you try to make money or you or you you know have an angle and and, and but but if you do something that's really 100 percent pure and from the heart and and you care about it and it's your honestly held convictions and you apply it to what you do in your life other people will witness that and it and it matters it really does matter and i was thinking about this getting ready for this interview today how much of an effect you had on my life with your music and your convictions and how you spurred me into taking action in my life and how you hear i'm sure like you said thousands of stories like this about how you've affected other people's lives similarly and look there's obviously still work to be done but do you look back and go, that feels good? We wanted to inspire people. We wanted to spur them into action. Mission accomplished. Well, well, yeah, I mean, I think there's always, there's the struggle for social justice, you know, began long before Rage Against the Machine. It yeah. will continue long after the Trump administration, you know. So um, we're just, you know, as a, as a musician, myself, and the different bands that I've been in from Prophets of Rage, Night Watchman, Audio Slave, Street Sweeper, Rage Against the Machine, we're links in the chain of, you know, people trying to, trying to make the place better than we found it. You know, I love that expression, try and leave the world a little bit better than how you found it. And honestly, I know I'm just goofing off on the radio, but with music and some laughs and conversations like this one, in my own little way, I'm trying to leave the world a better place than I find it every single day. And you've inspired that. of Rage saw the show when you rolled through San Diego uh, last time and was amazing. Probably the most fun I'd had in about five years where I'm like, this is awesome. This is such a good time. These are incredible next level musicians. But I remember, I think I talked to Tim right before that show and I was like playing with Brad Wilk. You guys are one of the single greatest rhythm sections in the history of great rhythm sections. Does it feel kind of like coming home to you playing these songs with these musicians again? And he was like, yeah, it does. Do you feel like you've come home with yeah, Prophets well, of Rage? Yeah, I mean, well, there's, there's a way that Tim and Brad and I have played together since the first time we were in a, you know, San Fernando Valley rehearsal room, that it's just a matter of chemistry. And mm-hmm. it's just, like, the way that we play makes the room rock like that. Mm-hmm. From, from our first show ever in a Huntington Beach living room, <laughs> you know, to the last Prophets of Rage show at some big festival in, in Europe, the way that we play is just, and it's, uh, it's such a blessing to have been able to meet those dudes and to 
being a you know 25 years later mm. to be able to play you know music that we believe in music that is compelling you know we 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 uh, uh, honor our catalogs of the rage against the machine and the rageification of public enemy and cypress hill mm-hmm. but they have a band like prophets of, of rage which is a band of 2017 which has found its own footing has found its own chemistry and is here both musical you know to bring the message to the mosh pit, um, you know, this year and in the coming years. Well, I absolutely heard that. The moment I, I put on Living on the 110, I was like, they found their own thing. Like, that, you yeah. can definitely hear, you know, yeah. what you're cooking with, but this yeah. is now its own thing. And it seems like it was a very natural thing to come by. Did you have to work hard for that, or did it just sort of, again... Look, you caught lightning in the bottle once with Rage Against the Machine, and I feel like yep. you've done it again with Prophets Rage. Yep, yep, yep. Well, we had a, such a great time on the you know the Make America Rage Again tour, um, and we didn't honestly have plans beyond that. We didn't sort of we weren't like, well, it's just a tour and we're going to be done. But we didn't think beyond it because it was such a time of kind of political chaos <laughs> that we sure. had to have our voice out there in the marketplace of ideas. Um, and then you know, we came back and we were like, well, you know, we really kind of love being a band. Let's see if we can write a song together. Uh-huh. We weren't sure if we could. Um, and we you know, got in the studio and we wrote 10 songs in about two weeks. And that was a really fast start. And it was so much fun. It was probably certainly the most fertile, creative fun period of songwriting since the we wrote the first rage record you know it wasn't your first show because apparently your first show was uh in huntington beach california in someone's living yeah. room but i saw a very early college show yeah. rage against the machine yeah, someone up- cal state northridge yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. somebody yeah. uploaded that thing to youtube and i was like it's incredible it, it sounds yeah. just like the record i was like this yeah. is a band and it's it's what you feel when you see prophets of rage it's what you i felt when i saw rage against the machine such a sense of purpose and such an intense knowledge of who you are and what you're about. I yeah. was like, really, nothing changed between this show and making the record. It's true. It's, I mean, that, that band came out the box pretty hot, I yeah. gotta tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that show. It was, that was actually the first public performance was at Cal State Northridge. It was like a noontime concert. Uh-huh. And if you watch the video, you can see there's these... You know, like, people are just walking back and forth with their lunch trays. You yeah. know, like, this band is losing their effing mind uh-huh. on the stage. Uh, but th- during the course of it, there's a couple of, like, Hesher metal dudes who are who have their, you know, you can see the back of their head. The ponytail and, you know, guy bobbing his head. I've watched it so many times. Very, I know what you're talking about. They're, they're very skeptical at first, because, first of all, you know, it's there's kind of a multi-ethnic flavor to the band, and the guy's kind of rapping, and the only... You know, half the guys don't have long hair. And, you know, but, then, but, but then if you watch the video, you see, like, at the end of Bullet in the Head, one guy looks at the other guy, and they sort of kind of then agree that it's going to be okay to headbang. Right. <laughs> yes. No, I, rem- I know those two guys, and at first yeah. they're kind of annoyed you're disturbing their conversation. And by That's the right. end, That's right. they're totally into it. It's incredible how little musically changed between that and utter yeah. world domination by your band. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. They became true believers. You get to see the whole cycle there from doubters to believers. Okay, so I feel like we're friends now, so I can ask you a bit of a personal <laughs> question. Are you okay with it? May I proceed? Like, this is your special time. You, you you can use it however you want. And I gotta tell you, it's more special than I ever thought it would be. Um, <laughs> is there truth? And I, I, I promised myself I would only believe this once I heard it from your mouth. Is it true, Tom Morello, that pre-Rage Against the Machine, you were an exotic dancer? Uh, I'll answer it by saying the rent is not going to pay itself. (laughs) And is there truth, Tom Morello, to the notion that during this time you went by the name 
Tom Meat Swinger Morello. That is inaccurate. That oh well. That is inaccurate. Well, t- I mean, there were there were many there were there were a number of bachelorette parties which were thrilled <laughs> to the song Brick House like they've never been thrilled before. <laughs> but that that the the meat swinger moniker was not was not. But that was an internet creation. Okay, so I'm not I'm not dredging this up for the sake of something salacious. It kind of blew my mind a little bit because I was just like, here's a guy who is. Armed with a Harvard education, yeah, brain yeah, the size of a planet. I couldn't, get, I couldn't get hired to sell Iron Maiden T-shirts on Hollywood Boulevard with my Harvard degree. <laughs> yeah. honestly, they, I think, I, they, they turn. I'm like, at least I can sell a you know a Maiden T-shirt. They're like, no, thank you. You have no retail experience. Right, <laughs> right, and you know, so and I turn to stripping. You've got <laughs> brains and creativity to spare, clearly. But it made me think now in, in 2017 with, you know, a voice like Prophets of Rage speaking about any number of important issues. I love that you tackled homelessness because especially in California, it's right yeah. there in your face all the time. That's but correct. now that you are an adult and you, you have your degree from an Ivy League college and you're raising children of your own. I know your, your mom was a teacher, uh, an educator yeah. as well. Knowing what you know about exotic dancing with a Harvard degree, what do you feel about education in 2017 and, and beyond? Because I, not to sound cliched, but I do believe that children are the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, education certainly is in, is, in, is in peril. I mean, in L.A. Unified, there are a lot of excellent teachers doing their best with very limited resources, you know, and that's, uh, you know, the, the, the end of it that we're we can tackle is, you know, like one of the things that is, I grew up in a small town in Illinois, public school in, in Illinois, but it had tr- tremendous resources, you know, just because, I don't know, they cared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, my high school had two theaters in it, and, this, and it's a, not a rich suburb, it's just like this kind of average suburb, but then, you know, living here in Los Angeles, and you see the kind of the devastated school districts, mm. and it's it's really... Um, you know, and that's not unique to L.A. And I think that that is one of the things that uh, is not helpful uh, in our national discourse is the sort of the general uh, America's place, the United States of America's place in the rankings of, you know, educated youth continues to drop. And when it comes time to make decisions on things about, you know, global warming and, and who's going to be president and, and, you know, how to direct our energies as a country, if people are not educated, you don't always make uh, the best choices for our future and mm-hmm. for our kids. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know I've, uh, I've resigned myself to uh, the fact that where I am most effective is in the arts. You know, and like I'm a musician and that's that the culture has a role to play in changing the world uh, and in affecting, you know, future generations. But I would say to you and your listeners that the, the one thing you can do is, you know, uh, uh, you know, you stand up for what you believe in, rise up against what against injustice, join a band, join a union, jo- you know, uh, join your high school newspaper and write a, a letter that's critical of the administration. Like now is not the time to be silent. And mm. we, each and every one of us is a historical agent. History isn't something that happens. History is something that you make, or you stand on the sidelines and you let somebody else make it. Who's less qualified. Mm. Well, Tom Morello, Prophets of Rage is a band that we need right now. You, you bring people together through the medium of kick-ass rock music. You, you, 
spur people into action and you start a dialogue and I couldn't think of a better time for you guys to be doing what you're doing. I want to say thank you for doing that. And thank you for making the time for us today. Well, it is my pleasure. We look forward to seeing you soon, hopefully down there and rocking you senseless. And uh, I mean, I was going to ask, we we don't know about tour dates or you're not allowed to tell us about tour dates just yet. That's That's correct. correct. There are some, there's some, whatever's up now is up at profitsofrage.com. Right. Well, I, uh, I, uh, I got the exotic dancer story out of you, so I'm not going (laughs) to press on the tour dates. Yeah, sure, sure thing. Well, we will be meat swinging your way sometime in the future, I'm sure. <laughs> Tom Morello, this has been so much greater than I ever imagined it could have been, and I imagined it to be great. You rule. Thank you so much. Thanks very much. Take care. We'll see you soon. Bye, dude. Bye-bye. Hello. Oh, no, that's still me. Oh, okay. All right, I'm going to hang up. Maybe you you hang up. Me. Go ahead. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.